0: This is the World Industrial News for Friday, August 12th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to Part 9 of their podcast, How to Leverage the US Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the US Power Grid.
1: So, technology is going to come into every aspect of this because we have known to do these things for a number of years, but we simply lacked The basic tools and the basic platform to do them with. That is not true today. We have that technology. And this will be simply applying that technology to a known problem. It should be a very stable and high probability success project.
2: Excellent. Thank you. And I know, you know, personally, we've had numerous delegations in from countries over the past few months that are all focusing on this topic and grid modernization. And and Pat, you touch on it, right? I mean, even like the European energy shift and the potential that's there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think, you know, before we close out, it would be really great to hear from both of you and just um, get some of your final thoughts. Um, Mona, why don't you kick us off? You know, what are you hearing from some of the drivers in this space? I know you're you are you're knee deep into this, this area. Um, any final thoughts from you?
1: Absolutely. I think I just will reiterate what Pat said about the role of technology. I think everybody hopes and wishes to build transformational infrastructure for our country and generations to come. And we cannot do this if we do not truly build back better with technology. Um, all of us in the advocacy space have fought very hard to get software services, digitization, digitalization, monitoring and control language into the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. We wanted to make sure that those technologies would be eligible for programs like the Smart Grid Investment Grant Program, um, Transmission Facilitation Program, um, and and a host of others. And so, you know, when working with the Gridwise Alliance um, and other trade associations, some of the crux of our work is to really convey back to the federal government hey, you said said this stuff is eligible, now we want to just make sure as you're standing up these new programs um, that you're hewing to the legislative language and that we are really going to be able to have um, companies be able to deploy this cutting-edge technology so that we really can build back better and modernize our grid. Um, Another concern is that states um, are really struggling with staff. Just post-COVID, inflation, supply chain, everything that's just kind of converging right now, um, states are understaffed and they need staff in order to get these dollars out the door. And so that is why I encourage the stakeholder outreach to them, because the more that they're hearing from the folks that are actually steeped in these issues and are helping others uh, troubleshoot them, um, the the better this money will be spent and the more likely it is to be spent on, on technology. And so I think to the extent uh, if there are companies out there that have government relations teams in the states to really push for digitalization in those state legislatures and make sure that that is a theme that is running through your commentary um, with with these states. Uh, And and with that, you know, I, I think I'll just finally conclude with saying that, you know, let's just recognize that this is an unprecedented moment and we really do have a chance to take advantage of all of the great work that has been done by so many over the past decades. And so I'm hopeful um, that we will, in a couple of years, start seeing some really interesting uh, projects that are going to push us forward into the next energy landscape.
0: To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Economic populism made a great appearance at an oil and gas conference in Denver on August 9th, and the audience loved it. Vivek Ramaswamy, co-founder and executive chairman of Strive Asset Management, a recently created asset management company, spoke at the Intercom Denver, the Energy Investment Conference, in which he strongly pushed back on the prevailing wisdom about environment, social, and governance investing. He said ESG and stakeholders Holder capitalism were the single greatest threat to American democracy. The U.S. Department of Energy on August 9th issued a request for information for input on developing a program to advance domestic sourcing and production of critical minerals, including rare earth elements, lithium, nickel, and cobalt, that are key to clean energy technologies. According to the DOE, global demand for critical materials is expected to increase by 400 to 600 percent over the next several decades. For certain materials, such as lithium, and graphite used in electric vehicle batteries, demand is expected to increase by as much as 4,000%. South Carolina presents a broad scope of industries with projects underway, ranging from food and beverage to pulp and paper to industrial manufacturing. Industrial Info is tracking more than $4.3 billion in projects under construction in the state. The industrial manufacturing industry, thanks largely to the automotive sector, leads the state in terms of project value. And according to the statistics of the China Nitrogen Fertilizer Industry Association, projects accounting for 7.72 million tons of new urea capacity are under construction in China, which are expected to be completed and put into operation in the next two years. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.